This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Interpreting Arterial Pressure Waveforms by Dr. James DiNardo. Hi, my name is Jim DiNardo. I'm a professor of anesthesia at Harvard Medical School and one of the um, cardiac ICU attendings here at Children's Hospital Boston. And I'm going to talk a little bit now about what information we can gather from looking at an arterial line trace. Arterial system. To start with, it's important to remember that the shape of the arterial trace seen on a monitor is really uh, due um, to the interaction of essentially two variables, which is the patient's stroke volume, that is the volume that's of blood that's ejected into the arterial system with each beat, and the compliance of the arterial system into which the blood is being ejected. So when we're looking at A-line traces, it's important to remember that although the pulse pressure can be an index of stroke volume, it depends entirely on the compliance of the patient's arterial system. And the reason this is important is that Let's assume for a moment that we have um, two patients, one who uh, is young and has a very compliant arterial system, and one who is uh, older or, in fact, very elderly and has a very non-compliant arterial system. And let's assume that those patients have the same stroke volume. The patient with the compliant arterial system is going to have a much narrower pulse pressure. That is the difference between the systolic and the diastolic pressure than the elderly patient with the non-compliant aorta who's going to have a very wide pulse pressure um, because the same stroke volume is injected essentially into, in the circumstance of the older patient, something resembling more of a lead pipe um, where the entire stroke volume um, will be displayed as a pressure and then a deterioration of that pressure. And in the example of a younger person with a very compliant arterial system, the stroke volume in essence will almost be completely damped out by an infinitely compliant system. Therefore, the volume um, ejected will appear more like a straight line in an infinitely compliant arterial system, and it will appear as a square wave in a non-compliant system. Dichrotic notch. Now, the other thing that people talk about a lot when they look at A-line traces uh, is the dichrotic notch, which is a notch on the descending limb of the A-line trace. And oftentimes, uh, people will say that this corresponds to aortic valve closure. But dichrotic notch really is not actually aortic valve closure. What it is is it's, it's a reflection of the reflected wave from the periphery being seen on the arterial trace. The less compliant your arterial system becomes, that is, in general, the older you become, um, the more rapidly the pulse 
wave is, is transmitted down your arterial system. And when it's propagated down your arterial system, it's also reflected back. So you can imagine that the faster the wave goes down the arterial system and the faster it's reflected back, the earlier in the arterial line trace the dichrotic notch will appear. So in young children with compliant arterial systems, you often see a very clear dichrotic notch. In elderly patients, the dichrotic notch actually is, is essentially lost because it comes back so early that it's summated on top of the arterial line trace. You often see in elderly patients that they have a whip or under damping in their arterial line trace, which actually in many circumstances is just early reflection of a pulse from the periphery summated on their A-line trace. Now having said that, um, if you have a transducer system um, that is not very well damped um, because of the kind of tubing you're using, you may actually see an A-line trace that has a big whip on it, um, which is due to under damping, which means that the system is just too responsive to reflected waves and you get a trace which has a big, big spike on it. By the same token, with bubbles in the system, what you get is an overdamp system, which in the extreme will just give you a flat line trace. There'll be absolutely no pulsation whatsoever. Invasive versus non-invasive blood pressure monitoring. Now, one of the questions that comes up when you're talking about A-line traces is oftentimes you'll see a discrepancy between an automated blood pressure trace and an arterial line trace, and it creates a fair amount of um, concern in many circumstances. The important thing to remember is that that difference is almost entirely due to the fact that invasive A-line and an automated blood pressure cuff measure the same physiologic parameter, which is blood pressure, but they do it in two entirely different ways. So the A-line actually is transduction of a pressure waveform. Automated blood pressure cuffs work by actually measuring flow through an artery. So there are two different ways of measuring the same phenomena. And one of the important points about that is the mean blood pressure determined by a non-invasive blood pressure cuff and an arterial line in a given patient will almost always be the same. When an automated blood pressure cuff determines systolic blood pressure, it uses um, oscillometry uh, to determine when pulsations or flow um, recommence as the blood pressure cuff it, pressure is lowered from a high pressure. So when an automated blood pressure cuff blows up, it inflates to a pressure that exceeds arterial blood pressure and then it begins to deflate. And at the point where it starts to detect pulsations again, which is the recommencement of flow, it identifies that as the systolic blood pressure. As it continues to deflate, it's capable of detecting the amplitude of the pulsations. And when it detects the point of maximal uh, amplitude of pulsations, it labels that as the mean blood pressure. And then as it continues to deflate, at the point where it loses any detection of pulsation, it identifies that as diastolic blood pressure. 
that is complete commencement of arterial flow. So the pressure is low enough now that it's not occluding the artery at all. So in order of accuracy, um, as compared to invasive blood pressure monitoring, with a non-invasive pressure, the mean blood pressure is the most accurate, the systolic is the second most accurate, and the diastolic blood pressure is determined by a non-invasive blood pressure cuff is the least accurate. So one of the phenomena that you see when you use automated blood pressure cuffs, if you have an arterial line trace that has a big spike on it, a lot of whip on it, um, either because your arterial system is underdamped or because you're dealing with an elderly patient that has prominent reflected wave phenomena, one of the things that you'll notice is that the systolic blood pressure as determined by the non-invasive blood pressure cuff will be substantially lower than the systolic blood pressure determined by the arterial line. And the reason for that is that as the cuff starts to deflate, the area under the spike on the invasive blood pressure is very narrow. And the non-invasive blood pressure cuff is incapable of detecting the small amount of flow that occurs during that very short time period as it deflates. And it really won't detect the arterial systolic blood pressure until there's a more substantial volume of flow beneath it. So again, when we're comparing the two, the mean is most likely to be uh, similar in the two modalities. The systolic uh, is generally likely to be accurate, although again, there's likely to be big discrepancies between the systolic obtained by a non-invasive cuff and the systolic obtained during invasive blood pressure monitoring when there's a lot of um, whip or a big spike on the A-line trace. And the diastolic, um, as obtained by non-invasive blood pressure monitoring, tends to be, uh, in many circumstances, substantially different than that obtained by invasive blood pressure monitoring. And that's in due entirely to the method by which non-invasive blood pressure um, is determined. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.